BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. Today I have a very interesting episode and very interesting guest. My guest is the one who you will see at Oscars, Grammys, and all the other major huge red carpet events. So my guest today is Cole Walzer, and Cole is the one who directed for Pink, Katy Perry, he worked with Brad Pitt, J-Lo, and other celebrities. Cole Walliser is director, filming director of female-driven beauty content, a lot of for CoverGirl, Pantene, Revlon, and others. He has also directed music videos for Pink, Katy Perry, Selena Gomez, Cher, Britney Spears, and others. As of now, Cole is famous for the, his glam bot, and he is the one who operates the glam bot on red carpets. So. What is a glam bot? So glam bot takes slow motion videos of celebrities at red carpet events for e-entertainment. And it has started in 2016. Cole has so much experience working with A-list celebrities, being in filmmaking industry, being in entertainment industry, and he built a career out of it. So today he will also share great business advice with us. We'll be discussing how to build a career from your passion, how to monetize your passion, how to become a professional filmmaker, how to succeed in entertainment industry, how to succeed in social media, and what challenges can you face by working with the world-famous celebrities, and the best business advice, and so much more. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Cole. I'm so honored to have you on my podcast and you being extremely talented. And I'm just like so honored and so excited to have you on. 
Of course. Well, thank, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. And also you being all over the world, working with huge celebrities, world-renowned celebrities, working on and directing Miley Cyrus videos, Katy Perry, Pink, and all the famous singers and artists and celebrities. How did you even get to this industry? And how did you start? Because I know you're from Canada. And yeah, yeah, Canada. I, I, I am. I am from Canada. I, I moved uh, to LA many, many years ago, sort of before social media became a thing to pursue directing. That was always like my main goal. I started filmmaking in Canada and I realized that, okay, if I really want to like launch my career, I need to be in LA. So I, so I moved and I, I knew a bunch of dancers. I was like in the dance world and that kind of led to me doing little dance videos with them. Uh, some some choreography reels. I edited a lot when I first moved to LA. Just kind of did whatever I could to kind of build relationships and network. And slowly, like one little step at a time, I did a little dance video for this person. They did that job. They brought me on. Um, and it kind of like it started. It started with Miley. Uh, the, my job with Miley was like uh, a bunch of dance videos for YouTube. This is like before celebrities were even really on YouTube. So it wasn't even like a nobody knew what it was going to be. We're like, hey, we want to do these dance videos with the crew from step up to uh do you want to direct them and i was like yeah of course so started doing we did a couple of those and they did really well and kind of every little step every time i got a new job i tried to just do something a little different a little bigger a little better um and it's been like that for for 15 years now that's incredible and you had a videographer or background in film or how did you decide just to pick this direction um, yeah, so I, I have a degree in psychology, which if my background wasn't blurred, it's, it's sitting back there. Um, as, but like, as I was going to school, getting a degree in psychology, I picked up a camera. I, I've always been someone to that, that loved the arts, that loved being creative, that loved making things. And, and for me, shooting something and then editing it together and then having this like finished piece, I was just enamored with that process. And so I just bought a camera and I started, I bought a computer and I started learning how to edit and shoot little things. And I would just like pitch my friends who had businesses like, hey, let me do a video for you kind of a thing. And I really just like learned on my own. I'm like self-taught. I didn't go to film school or anything. Uh, and then I, I was sort of at this, like during my time schooling, like as I'm getting my degree, I'm learning how to do film. And by the time I got my degree, I was doing film enough where I knew I loved it and knew this was like something I really enjoyed doing. And I kind of was at a bit of a crossroads roads of like, okay, I have my degree. I have this thing to fall back on. Now I can like go pursue this to see if filmmaking can actually be a thing. So I gave myself like a couple of years. I was like, okay, take a couple of years to figure out if this can really be a thing or not. And I really like haven't looked back since. That's amazing. And another incredible thing that you created is the glam bot where it's like world famous and you get to attend all the most famous events like Oscars, Grammys, E-News events, People Choice Awards everywhere and you get a chance to talk to all the huge celebrities like brad pitt and all the others how did you come up with glam bot and how did you decide to do that well th this is a common misconception i did not invent uh, uh the glam bot so the whole camera system is actually using what's called tabletop commercials so it's often using like food commercials when you see a taco like break in half and the camera like swoops around or a drink being poured slowly and the camera's like whirling around it and it's in slow motion that's the same technology as the Glambot. Uh, Glambot itself is a e thing. So they did like a camera test using the Soma technology on 
talent. And they're like, oh, this is really cool. We maybe want to do this on our red carpet show. And then they were like, we need someone to direct talent, to give them direction, to get them to, you know, do some cool move or whatever. And they're like, we need someone that uh, understands movement and like choreography, knows how to shoot beauty, and then also has worked with like A-listers. And so at that time, you know, I had all of those three because of my dance background and my music background. I did a bunch of female pop star stuff. So I kind of satisfied all of those requirements. Uh, and I met a producer like of, of E-Red Carpet Shows like eight years prior. And so he thought of me, he brought me in to have a meeting uh, and then they hired me to direct the glam bot. I, I, you know, and so at first I was just directing. I wasn't making any content. I would show up as this is like a directing job. I'd show up. It was really cool. I would talk to these celebrities. I'd get them to do cool poses. And I would just, the finished product would be the only piece of media that we were making. And then somewhere along the line in like 2019, I had someone like film a clip. I mean, the story is like, it, this is so... Uh, Jackie Chan came up, I think in the 2017 or 2018 Oscars. And I've been a huge fan of Jackie uh, Chan. And so I gave my phone to a producer and I was like, Hey, I'm going to ask him for a photo. If the timing feels right, if it feels okay, I'm going to ask him for a photo. because I'm a big fan. Right. So I gave her my phone. I started directing Jackie Chan in the glam bot. He's kind of rushed. He's got to run off. So he doesn't, I don't ask him for a photo and I'm like kind of bummed. And so I walked back to her and she's like, Oh, but I, she's like, I, I know you didn't ask, but I took a bunch of photos of you working with them. And I took a couple of videos of you, like giving them direction or whatever. I was like, okay, cool. So I went back home and I like, watched the footage and I was like, Oh, this is really cool to see my interaction, to see his, his movement in like real time. And then I edited in the final video and I was like, Oh, this is kind of cool. Like a little before and after. And that was sort of like the birth of the glam bot behind the scenes, the content that I'm sort of most known for. From there, it's evolved. You know, I was using a bunch of random cameras. I was using other stuff, but now I have a whole system of like cameras and microphones that I that I use to shoot this content. But that was kind of like how the content, which is sort of the most known thing that I do, uh, came about. And before you done this, like no one in the in the industry even tried to do that, and no one in this industry even thought about it because it's such a cool idea. And I thought like I saw how you direct the stars and how they just like flip a dress or just like just turn and in slow motion it looks so outstanding it looks fantastic but you know it's just that you invented i mean not invented <laughs> glambot but invented the method so sure yeah i mean it's sort of like it's interesting because it's like you know I, like we've always known like i mean J uh, dave Chappelle had a skit about this how everything is cooler in slow motion right and it's like so much has obviously been used in like, you know, movies and music videos to like great effect of like making a moment really cool. But this idea uh, of doing it uh, on the red carpet with all of these different celebrities, I mean, that 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 goes to E. Um, and but it's just such a perfect storm of like all these different celebrities all done up really nice, like to shoot a little slow-mo portrait moment is just so cool. And then with like the glam back technology of this robotic arm that moves, it just gives it this heightened effect. And uh, it's been a a really fun project and a thing to be a part of and to help contribute to, especially with all the behind the scenes content. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. The way it looks and the way the videos come out all the time after all these events, I'm I'm always like amazed. Oh, cool, awesome. Yeah, it's the feedback has been great, which is quite, quite lovely. Yeah, and besides being extremely talented, you also have a business side that you built the full-time career out of filmmaking, out of this, so what the best like what's the best business advice can you give to someone who is like aspiring entrepreneur who's just starting maybe in the film industry maybe just they're starting their own business what helped you to thrive in the industry 
Hmm, that's a good question, because if you open up the topic to be like all business, like I can very much advise on someone that like wants to work in like entertainment and like content. Like, I think it's really important to just keep practicing your craft. Like when I started with a camera in my hand, like I obviously I wasn't good. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know a ton of stuff, but I enjoyed the process and I and I knew making stuff would make me better at making stuff. So my goal was always and even still to this day, I still instill this. I'm like, Okay, I'm going to go do something and I'm going to learn. And then the next time I do it, I'm going to be better. So there's something to be said about continually making stuff uh, to get better at, to sort of get where, to where you want to be. I've done that a lot with like, obviously like filming and editing and directing, but now I've been trying to like focus on like writing more and the same principles apply. I'm like trying to write every day and trying to get better at writing and like learn how to create something on the page to then take it to the screen. So this is like the next step in my evolution. So I'm definitely taking my own advice there uh, in, in so far as just trying to create as much as I can to get better. As far as business, you know, it's I, I don't know if I have any like off the top of my head per se, because like I think that the business side of entertainment kind of just like follows and you kind of learn how to navigate the business as you become a better creative and as you become a better sort of creator as you start making stuff. Um, but if like, if someone, it, it's funny because I do have a side business, like I have a coffee company that I, that I started that it's like a, a, a roastery that's sold online, but it, like, I don't, I don't know the first thing about running a business like this. Again, I'm just like learning as I'm going along. So I'm meeting with other coffee professionals and, and other people in the industry to share their knowledge from a business perspective. You know, I really understand obviously content and marketing and like storytelling insofar as like marketing a brand. But the logistics of a of a company are still sort of unbeknownst to me. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have any pertinent advice for the general business person, other than don't let anybody uh, tell you no and keep working hard. I guess <laughs> that's that's my advice. I think. Yeah, that's a great advice. And also, I know you very stand out even with your appearance and the way you are and just the way you produce content and everything you do. So definitely you have your own thing like it's like my brand too it's not basic blonde so it's like you know be unique be yourself never basic and i guess in your case being yourself helped you to thrive because you're well known and everyone loves you everyone all the celebrities even ask you to be not behind the scenes now they ask you to be on camera and by working with so many celebrities did you have any challenges and did you learn any lessons from it? Yeah, I think it's it can be intimidating working with celebrities at first, you know what I mean? Because it's like you you're used to as like an outsider looking in, we see them on these movies and shows and these things that we invest a lot of time on. You know, it's like I'll watch, uh, you know, like I, I, I saw 10 Brad Pitt movies or more, you know, before I ever got introduced to him. So you kind of like... Um, not idolize, but but I have a relationship with them before they do with me, right? Like, cause like I'm either listening to their music, watching their music videos, watching their content. And so it takes a second to wrap your brain around like how to approach that because it's very one-sided and you, you're very aware of it when you first meet someone. But I think that over time working with other celebrities, you kind of get used to the fact of like, okay, we're here to do a job. We're here with the same sort of intention to, to do something together. And then those previous kind of like um, expectations or predisposition to the relationship go away. Cause I'm like, we're here, we're, we're meant to like do a thing together. Let's like focus on that. It really helps with the glam bot because there's so such little time. There's no time to sort of like 
you know, fan boy or fan girl out over, over a celebrity. But even earlier in my career, you know, like first time working with Katy Perry or first time working with Pink, there's obviously a history of me knowing who they are and their and their work and being like a fan and then coming in and being like, hey, you need to stand over here. It takes a certain level of um, confidence that's I think at that level, you can kind, you can kind of fake it until you make it. Um, but it, but I think more importantly, it's just you have to focus on the job at hand. You know what I mean? And like I'm there in that role be it on the glam bot, on the red carpet, telling someone what to do or being on set, you know, directing a commercial or music video or whatever. You definitely have to like, I, I guess the lesson in, in all of this is to find a way slash learn a way to kind of like really all, all, be confident and like own it in the role that you're in. You know, and maybe you're not directing, but you're you're doing set dressing or or even like pa or whatever on set, but like know what your role is and then be confident in that role. I think you will then excel at whatever whatever it is you're doing. You know what I mean? So I think that that, that was probably the important lesson in, in directing celebrities, I would say. Yeah, it's definitely a great advice. And it, it can be intimidating to work with celebrities because for someone who's just starting maybe an industry or just like never been around as many celebrities at first might be, you know, a little bit overwhelmed. But as you work there in the industry more and more, then you become way more comfortable with it. So. Yeah, I was definitely overwhelmed at first, you know, like, don't don't uh, mistake my words for me not being in a mild panic, you know, first day on set with Katy Perry or whatever. But I think that for me, too, I was like, OK, like, what do I want my career to be? Like, if I envision the best version of my career, what what is it? And it's obviously I'm directing big stars and big celebrities. Right. So I'm like, OK, if that's part of my goal. If that's like where I want to take my career. I need to find a way to be comfortable with this and be okay with this because if I'm not, then that goal is never going to be achievable. Right. So I was like, knowing that I was like, okay, yes, you're a little freaked out. You're mildly, you know, you feel like you have imposter syndrome. You're, you're worried about how everything's going to go, but you know, you're here and you can do a good job. Like I wouldn't, it would be a shame to let my job not succeed because I was worried about it. And like, it got ruined because of my own sort of like panic. I was like, that's like, that can't happen. So I tried my best to just keep a calm, cool exterior, even if the insides were all panicking and just like push through and try to do the best job I could because I knew that the goal for me was to be able to do that job and more to come, right? So I think it was important to kind of like look ahead to stay focused in the tax task at hand there, you know? Yeah, so true, it makes sense. Well, obviously social media plays a huge role in everyone's career today and it a little bit, shifted everyone's careers from what they were doing before and now everyone can show their skills they can show up on social media and even go viral and become famous how did it help you to succeed in your business and what are your best maybe best advice to grow on social media or just um, thrive and go viral <laughs> Yeah, um, so it's interesting because social... What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, kind of like opened a lot of doors for me in my career. You know, prior to, like, I, I, you know, I've had social for a long time, but like, I really sort of like blew up in 2019, 2020 kind of a thing. And prior to that, you know, it's like I've been directing in L.A. for 10 years. You know, I had done, as you said, Katy Perry, Pink, done videos for uh, Tanache, Cher, Britney Spears. Like I had worked a bunch as a director and I kind of felt like, okay, like I've established my career as a director. I could I could do social or I could not. I, I felt confident that like I was working enough that I didn't need to do social to survive in my career um because it sort of like had been established in some level you know what I mean I, I was consistently working at least um but I kind of thought about the future and I was like okay maybe I don't I don't need to do it today to keep working right but like looking ahead in five years and ten years like where where is the relationship going to be with social media in five years and it was very clear to me that like we're only moving more into the digital world into the digital landscape streaming is more going to become a thing and I was like I either can do this now when I feel like I don't have to, or I could wait five years to when I feel like I then have to, and I'll be behind the curve. So I kind of made this actual discussion was actually in 2017. I I remember clearly in 2017 asking myself this question, like, okay, am I going to like go all in on social or am I not? You know what I mean? And in 2017, I made the decision of like, okay, really take social like it's a facet of your job where every week I'm spending time on content, making content, making sure I'm pushing stuff out continually. And if I hadn't made that call, I never would have decided to make the behind the scenes for the glam bot, which is the thing that sort of made me, you know, more popular on social because I made this commitment to like, okay, I'm treating social like an aspect of my job as a director now. Um, And so that was like a conscious decision. Uh, And then your uh, your question was advice for people on social. How right? to grow their social, how to show how to up more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that also a good question. I, 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 I and I actually I almost think it's changing, right? So I think maybe a couple years ago, the advice was generally like, like consistency, right? Which it still is, but I feel like a couple years ago you know, say like even 2020, 2021, it was very much like be consistent, post every day, like just make content, make anything and just push it out there. And I think that in that climate, a couple of years ago, you could find success if you were just consistent, almost like not disregarding the quality, but that's quality second and like content volume is first, right? So I think that was the advice, but I think this, we're in the midst of this changing right now because at this point, so many people are doing that tactic where they're just volume, 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 that now you need to do another thing. You need to uh, have your quality come up or find a little niche or do something a little different that stands you out because there's so many people doing content every day and there's so much content being made. Obviously there's like, we're out contenting the eyeballs. There's only so many places. I can only watch one thing at once, right? And I only have so much time in the day to watch content. So it's really important now to like, yes, you obviously still need to be consistent, but you need to stand out in another way, be it like your production level has gone up, your angle, your perspective is unique, is different, you know what I mean? So I think you need to, if you're creating something, think about what's making you different and then and then focus on that and focus on being consistent because I think that is gonna help you stand out because again, there's a million people making content every day now. 
If you just run through that same stuff, you're never going to pop. You're never going to stand out. You got to find a, a way to be some, be different in a way. And I think the evidence of that is thinking about what content you share with your friends. Like when I share stuff with, aside from silly pet videos, when I share like a piece of content that someone made, it's typically because it's something like novel and unique and new that I've never really seen before. And someone's doing it in a new, different way. And so I want to share it, right? So I think it's like really important to think about that angle like what is your what what is what is the difference in what you're doing compared to someone else and then try to double down on that i think that provides you with the best benefit to to at least stand out so someone can see your stuff and then want to share it right yeah i guess it applies uh it's such an incredible advice because it applies to any industry and in social media as well so being authentic and being true to yourself will actually help you to succeed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what helped you to succeed in such a high, in such a competitive industry? Because entertainment industry is so competitive. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, tenacity, I think really helps. Perseverance really helps. I mean, entertainment, you know, you get way more no's than yeses, right? So it's like you, you try to do, you try to develop something, you try to make something, you end up making something you know, along the way, there's a million no's before you get a yes. So you kind of really have to just be persevere through that and not take it too personal because you're always just getting shut down. Right. And so, but once you get over that, you know, you can kind of like push through and like eventually some stuff will start. So I think like, yeah, like tenacity is a thing that really is valuable in entertainment just simply because of the way it, it functions and it works. Um, I don't know what else like yeah just like work like I, I really try to base my career on like working hard and like being a nice person because like I can control those things like I can work hard and I can be nice because when I hire people or when I work with people it's like I, I hire people that I enjoy being around that are also talented right so I'm like okay well if I can be that for someone else then I increase my likelihood of 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 getting jobs you know what I mean so I really base my career around that and you know life's too short to be working with people that have attitudes and you know, like I'll take on hardworking person that's less talented than a, than a, a super talented person that has an attitude, you know, any day of the week. Right. So I think like really centering my my approach to my career around that and just finding other good people to work with. And, and hopefully everybody kind of works together and you all grow together. And that's kind of the most ideal version of uh, building a career. Yeah, so true. And how do you, if someone would like to start in the industry and would like to direct videos and kind of do similar career kind of have similar career where should they start and what they should do i mean i know you mentioned before i studied your bio and all that and you mentioned that you had to do some unpaid work before you had to before whenever you were growing i mean anyone does but also on the other hand you have to draw the line because sometimes you just might get sucked in and this and lower yourself worse and just keep doing unpaid work and still thinking you're still having the imposter syndrome to grow to the next level and do high paid jobs and work with A-list celebrities. And I mean, what would be your best advice in this case? Yeah, I, I think in entertainment, like a lot of it is really based on relationships, right? It's, it's, um, you know, you, it, it, it's kind of, it, it's not really who you know, but it's like who you meet almost, right? Like who you work with and who you develop relationships with. So I think that like, it is really important to like work with people and develop these working relationships. That is the thing that's going to help you grow. Because like I work with someone, we get along, we have a good, we have a good time. That person goes on and gets some other job. They'll bring me on or they'll refer me to someone else that's hiring. So like, it's not like who you know per se, but it's who you meet. 
um, and who you work with, like work procures more work. And so I think there is value in doing work and working with people and developing those relationships, sometimes at the cost of getting paid. So sometimes it makes sense to do a job that isn't paid to build a relationship or to get a little bit more experience. Um, and that is a, a facet of working in the entertainment industry. I, my guideline is often this. If someone is offering me a job uh, where they don't want to pay me and they say that uh, it'll be good exposure or good for the relationship or good for X, Y, Z reason, the answer is no. If you're telling me that I should do the job for free, the answer is no. If, if there is a job out there that doesn't pay and I see the value in doing it and I understand why the relationship might be beneficial, why it might be good for me, then I entertain doing it. You know what I mean? But if someone's like offering you like exposure or like, or like, oh, you'll meet X, Y, Z, it's like, you know, don't take that at face value. Uh, analyze it for yourself. If it does make sense to you, then by all means do it. And if not, then don't, you know what I mean? Um, but it's always this like thing where, I think it's a, yeah, it can be a facet of it. Uh, but it's like, you obviously can't get into this trap where you're like working for free all the time. You know what I mean? Like obviously you have to start getting paid and start building your career. But I think that, you know, I also, I also try to do at least like one free job a year, like just something that's like a cool project that like, I want to lend my creative eye to, to like, just, just help bring to life. And so I'll usually do like a music video or something just, just pro bono for free. Um, cause I, cause I, cause I want to, and I think it's good still. So, you know, there should be a percentage of stuff that you reserve for free work. Um, but you know, by and large, you should be getting paid, even if it's like low as you're starting your career, um, to then have a baseline to like build off and build up to, you know? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I've done like some brand partnerships at the beginning when I was starting my career, just because it was a great relationship and because, uh, it was great to put on my media kit, but later down the road, of course, I couldn't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, it was like you want to build the resume, you want to build your relationship. So there's definitely almost more value as you're starting off, you know, to do some like pro bono work. But then at some point, it doesn't if if you don't see the value in it anymore, yeah. then it's you're like, you know, your your requirements sort of change. I, I still think there's probably some jobs out there that would be beneficial for you to do for free and there's still jobs that would be beneficial for me to do for free but yeah. they become few and far between as your career grow grows which i think is a good thing right but mm -hmm. you know so it's just kind of it's just kind of how it goes <laughs> yeah so true and also on the other hand no one should actually not devalue their own work so they shouldn't actually do that you know for free. yeah 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 i mean no one's i mean you i'm just trying to think of like how free jobs come come to be uh now for me in my career it's usually just like there's a project that's really cool and we all we all just know there's no money and you're like like do you want to do this or not i'm like uh okay yeah sure you know it's not like it's also a huge red flag if there's like a job that's clearly a job and then someone's just kind of like oh no you should just do it for free like there's there's instances that are clearly taking advantage of the creator of the creative person and so it becomes really valuable to be able to identify those and tell them to go f off completely um, but now usually it just is an organic project that seems really cool that just doesn't have funding yet. And I'm like, hey, we can just work on this if we want to, or if we don't, we don't have to. You know, there's no pressure like, oh, you should do this because of X, Y, Z. It's just like something will come across my plate that seems cool, and we're all kind of like, are we working on this or are we not? You know, so it all it all kind of varies. Yeah, I agree. And you've been such a creative person and working on so many projects. Where do you get your inspiration from? 
Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I think like inspiration kind of just comes from everywhere. I think where I get my motivation from is a, is a, is a more appropriate question. And that comes and goes as it does for everybody. You know, like some days you're, you're not terribly motivated to work. Some days you're super on the grind. Um, it's a thing that ebbs and flows, uh, same with inspiration, you know, like it, it could be anything. It could be a conversation I have with a friend that just like inspires me to work hard. Like hearing other people, like, you know, bust their ass and work hard and inspires me to work hard, you know, like hearing someone have this, I, I get a cool job or like have this cool opportunity or just be excited about life. It really gets me kind of excited for them and thus gets excited for me, you know? So um, I think like all of those, you know, good feeling things ha have this uh, propensity to spread amongst individuals. So the more you're sort of exposing yourself to people that are excited about life and happy, you end end up being sort of excited about life and happy too and thus more inspired and thus more motivated so it all kind of really helps yeah it's amazing and by you being behind the scenes at grammys and oscars and all the events do you see anything what others like don't see and you can say like these things are so obvious and they should be improved or this is such a mess like <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, yeah yes i mean the thing that i see that nobody really sees is just how much of i mean it's, it's sort of it's not inaccurate but it's not super accurate to say of like oh, how much of a mess the red carpet is like it's just so crazy there's just people everywhere people interviewing everywhere cameras everywhere lights everywhere and i think the average viewer doesn't get to see that like they'll see one interview like by the time someone walks over to do a little press interview, they see a little snippet. The celebrity is like very focused on the interviewer and there's busyness in the background, but you're very connected into like what's happening right there. Even with the glam bot, like when I'm talking to someone, their attention is very much on what we're doing. It seems very connected and very present. But as soon as they walk away, people are screaming at them. We're screaming for the next person to come in. It's just like this insane world. And it's just like, you know, the Oscars, it's like half a mile long. There's just endless press outlets, endless people, endless publicists. And it's just like this whirlwind, crazy environment. So I think that's the thing that I see um, that, that you generally don't get a sense of when you're just watching little clips and snippets. I don't know how to prove that, but I do see it. Uh, and it is sort of astounding to me when you're there, you're like, oh, it is absolutely insane here um, and just crazy but a lot of fun, but just, just a crazy environment. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that comes through in all the media that gets published. Yeah. Like you mentioned, because on TV, they only show like a segment from one side and one camera not like what's going on around. And there is always a lot of people when you yeah. see yeah. the other cameras going, uh, what's next for you in store? What are you working on? Any exciting projects or anything is coming up or are you creating any exciting projects yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a bunch of things in the work as per usual. Also, as per usual, there's a bunch of things that you can't discuss before they're actually officially happening. Um, but, you know, it is exciting for me. Like Oscars was just like two weeks ago now. So it, there is sort of like two phases of my career where, you know, like uh, award season is very obviously glam bot focused, shooting all the events, making all the content, pushing all that stuff out. And then sort of the off season, which is kind of now until the end of summer, uh, which I get to spend a lot more time like developing stuff, doing other, you know, directing projects and other on-camera stuff. So, you know, uh, like I hosted uh, a fashion show in London earlier this year for Montclair, which was a really fun experience of me on camera doing some hosting. So I want to do more on-camera stuff. 
Um, there's a couple of things in the works there, obviously more directing, more slow-mo, just like a ton of more stuff. And, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, more writing. So it, it feels really good to get back to this creative outlet of like writing and creating, trying to direct some narrative stuff, be it a short film, TV show, episodic or narrative feature. So those things are all in the works as well. That's amazing. Are you expanding to Europe, to Cannes Film Festival, Venice and all that, um, far events? Um, I, I went to, I, I, well, I, did, I went to Lions in Con last year, which is really fun. I went with Meta. I would love to go again. Uh, so that'll be up in June. Uh, I'm traveling to Europe in next month. Well, in, in April, uh, for a little bit. So that'll be really fun. So, uh, all of those things are like options. We're talking about a bunch of stuff. Nothing is set in stone. Um, but hopefully I'll be, I'll be at some more, more events coming soon. That's amazing. And where can all listeners find you, your social handles? Yeah, so you can finally pretty much on my name, uh, at Cole Walliser, uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Those are all Twitter. Those are all my main platforms. Uh, yeah, find 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 me there. Also, ColeWallister.com and CafeColion.com is my copy. So uh, check all that stuff out. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Cole, for being my guest and sharing your experience with us. Thank you. Of course, thank you for having me. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB Podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.